Good afternoon and welcome to the business community on Calon FM. So our topical discussion for this week is social media because it's it's been in the press massively, not not least the whole Facebook saga that broke a few weeks ago. But um, in the news, there was uh, the revelation that J.D. Weatherspoons have completely erased all of their social media accounts. They are not playing the social media game anymore. And that got us sort of thinking about, you know, is that is that, you know, commercial suicide in today's world or is it something that was it a publicity stunt or is it actually you know good sense um there's there was an article uh you know around well there were several articles around all of this and the the ceo insisted it was not a publicity stunt he said you'd have to be completely off your rocker to do a publicity stunt which banned the medium which is supposed to give you the most publicity and uh, he told the bbc so um he just said it, it was a waste of time for him and his pubs so you know whatever you think of whatever you think of social media i think it's a necessary part of life i think that there are steps that you can take to manage what is put out there and then what is said but I don't know, Tracy. What do you think? You know, maybe a pub chain. Perhaps it's perhaps it's a tricky one. I I have to admit to being a little bit behind the curve because the news from JD Weatherspoon didn't um, rock my world. <laughs> I, I I wasn't aware of it. I until don't get you, out much. Mentioned it, but um, I I did do a little bit of reading around it, and um, the article that I found that was really useful was um, from. Um, Forbes, and it, it's an um, Paul Armstrong article um, written um, for Forbes, and he, he talks about it as um, social media can do a lot of things, but it can't help bad strategy or a business that people don't want to talk about. And he says it could be argued that Weatherspoons have both of those. Ooh, a uh, li- little harsh, but um, yes. He, he also goes on to say, ultimately, we may never know the reason why they came off social media. Uh, but and, and they talk about it being too much time spent, too much lack of return on investment. Um, but he, he says that, although he admits it's wrong, he said that um, CEOs saying that social media doesn't work for anyone is, is nonsense. He does say that uh, social media doesn't work for everyone. So there are nuances to this, but if you did, you know that Weatherspoons had nine hundred social media accounts. That's quite a job to manage, of course, because yeah, each pub. But but that said, then there were some stats. But now, I guess it's not collectively because it says that they had forty four thousand followers on Twitter. But that would be JD Weatherspoon. It wouldn't be. The dog and duck, would it? It would be yeah. the organisation. And 100,000 um, Facebook fans. Uh, but he says, and this is maybe um, the key here, much of their act- uh, our activity has been devoted to fending off complaints because, of course, if you've got people, particularly if people have had a few pints, they might get very vocal. But he said people could still contact them through the Weatherspoons website and they've got an app. Or they can speak to pub managers. So, again, feeding on from what you're saying, when you've got as many pubs as they have, you know, just walk through the door and talk to the manager if you've got something to say. You don't need to necessarily say it on social media. An interesting viewpoint on that from Paul Armstrong is that um, he sees it as Weatherspoons have actually removed their own tongue. So they've got fewer ways to actually... 
communicate, talk to consumers and to right wrongs. And all they can do now is listen. Because if those consumers are complaining on um, Facebook and Twitter and other platforms anyway, they now don't have the ability yes. to respond to them. So he, he thinks that... You know, it, it also um, cuts off the option for people to say that you're doing good work yes. as well. Yes. So uh, he, I think he sees it as being a, a throwing the baby out with the bathwater. And his um, recommendation would be keeping some of the main accounts, you know, maybe maybe slimming down the number of accounts that they have and getting a better strategy, mm. a social media mm. strategy that works for you. And he, he said that would perhaps be more rational. He also doesn't think that loads of other brands are now going to follow suit and ditch social media because it is working for a large number of companies. Maybe it is that thing about it being a pub that it's, you know, the dog and duck uh, times however many hundreds of pubs they've got but one thing that caught my imagination I thought well okay you know he's 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 stuck his neck out here and made this this decision I wonder where social media might have actually caused problems in the past and I came across an article on the freshminds.net um, it, it's from 2011 but uh, it, it had um, urban outfitters for example um it was exposed by a small tribe of people online that they were copying products. So that had uh, a very negative impact on them, not least because it finally got tweeted by Miley Cyrus. So, you know, you can imagine how many people are following there. Uh, Famously, Bob Parsons, the founder of um, GoDaddy.com, the domain registration and hosting company, he posted um, video of him hunting elephants. You might remember that. Mm. So that had a, you know, a very negative impact. Uh, A couple of others. But then, and this is perhaps where things can go wrong when you... Even if you've got a strategy, things can sometimes go wrong. Chrysler, the car people, um, an employee sent sent a tweet um, about the (laughs) company uh, and used an expletive, thinking he was tweeting from his own account. He was actually tweeting from the Chrysler account. So, you know, these things, they can... All it takes is for somebody to see it, take hold of it and run with it. And before you know it, it must be like trying to contain, well, I don't know, like herding cats, perhaps. (laughs) And while we're on the subject of social media, and I know Facebook is all over the news at the moment for all sorts of not very good reasons. And... GDPR is also all over the news as well, if you care to look in that direction. But um, Facebook are making changes in response to GDPR, which is coming into effect on the 25th of May. Um, They now, as part of the legislation, must ask users whether they want to keep the kind of highly sensitive information that at some point they may have just put on there and forgotten all about, such as sexual preferences, political views and religion. And Facebook are going to actually ask if you still want them to hold that information, if you want it to be public or if you want it deleting. And if you use Facebook in Europe, uh, you, w- you probably won't be aware of this, but apparently in America, they've had facial recognition on photos for, for some time. And it's not been allowed in Europe since 2012 because it was um, considered a violation of privacy. But now Facebook are going to start asking Facebook users if they want to opt into this service, which will recognise faces and suggest tags for you for your photographs. Did they not use did that not used to happen? I have a feeling. I vaguely remember because I remember having the conversation thinking, oh my goodness, that's magic. Not 
even for a second considering the ramifications beyond yes, it. Yes, of course. So maybe it was withdrawn, but now you can opt in. That's yes, you can. can opt in. And they're going to make it easier because it's the legislation, not just because Facebook think it's a good idea. Um, they, they have to make plans um, to make it easier for people to view, delete, and also to download all of their data so that they could put it onto another service, which is a really interesting task. Uh, I think somebody's got a, quite a big project on their hand because if you think quite about a big how hard much drive. information you've got on there, yes, download all of that information so you can put it into an alternative service. But that is part of the legislation with GDPR. So um, we, we think there's there's going to be quite a number of changes that come about. I'd, I'd be interested to see how the social media companies and the search engines and all of the companies that rely on big data Amazon, for example, mm. how, how this is all actually going to come out um, at the wash. It probably won't all happen on the 25th of May either, I suspect, with the legislation. It's going to take some time for the legislation to prove itself and for, mm. you know, for it to go through the courts and set some precedent. You're listening to the business community on Calon FM. And as we're talking about social media and online stuff, we thought we'd um, focus the events largely on uh, webinars and online events. So I'm going to kick off with some companies' house webinars that are coming up. On the 1st of May, between um, 11 a.m. and 12 noon, there is a, a joint webinar, HMRC and Companies House, with Working Together for You. I'm not totally sure of what's involved in that one, but I think if you're involved in or perhaps thinking of setting up a company, then or, or even you've got responsibilities as a director or company secretary, then it might be worth um, having a, a, a watch of that webinar. You can register online at Companies House and we will put the link on our website, which is the business.community. On the 24th of May, 11 till 12, there is one that's specifically called Starting a Limited Company. And this is HMRC Companies House and the Intellectual Property Office sounds really good and again the link for that will be on our website and if you missed the first HMRC and Companies House website called Working Together For You you can catch it again on the 26th of June. I found a few webinars um, that were hosted by FSB um, and they're called First Voice Webinars. Now these aren't live webinars, these all appear to be recorded but there's a really nice selection of different topics from cyber security through GDPR marketing, HR so you could have a little browse through there that's on the FSB website fsb.org.uk and we will put it on our website as well. Heather what did you find? Well I found a couple of, of libraries of really useful business webinars. Uh, the first First is where you might expect it to be. That was on LinkedIn Learning. So that's linkedin.com uh, forward slash learning. And so they've got a library. Uh, you can have a free trial membership. And then if you pay for stuff, then um, you can actually, members of your team within an organization, they can all attend the webinars. F thinking like a leader, creating a business plan, uh, business analytics, uh, business writing, uh, leading teams, building business relationships, you know, the whole gamut, everything. And they're all, you know, anything between sort of 25 minutes to 90 minutes. So that's a great resource. We'll put a link on the website. And then also um, from a, perhaps a more webby tech key view uh the website names.co.uk which is a website hosting site in fact they host our website i've just been 
I've just been reminded yeah, by they, Tracy. They host the Business Talk community <laughs> and Callum FM. And Callum FM, yeah. so um, apologies to them. But again, a great resource. They've got um, business tips. They've got how to make a mobile app, uh, company formation, e-commerce on your WordPress site, um, setting up your website for Christmas, beginners SEO, you know, that whole black box of information, you know, what is it all about? And I don't know about you, but, you know, sometimes you think, well, if I ask somebody about something that I know nothing about, they're going to just completely rip me off because I'm an idiot. But, you know, understanding SEO and, and, and what you can do, if nothing else, gives you a good broad knowledge so that you can then come at it from a bit more of an informed position. Um, yeah, look, building a website, uh, just, yeah, just brilliant. So that's names.co.uk lots of stuff there and they sort of they've got a back catalogue and then they they um, release stuff but you can see what's coming up soon so you can kind of plan when you want to when you want to attend yeah just great and of course there will be webinars on how to create webinars and that's you know that's that's the next thing isn't it is how okay you might go to a webinar but how do you host one very good point. Now, I think I can get away with this one as a, an online event just about, even though you have to be there in person because it's about TED Talks. And TED Talks, we tend to watch online, don't we? You love them. I you do. love them. And so I'm going to drag you along to a TEDx event, which is taking place in Liverpool on the 17th of June. And as far as I, I know, this is the sixth TEDx in Liverpool. And it's it's an all day event. So I've never been to one before and I'm very excited to be going. But um, they haven't got any details about the speakers or who's going to be there at the moment. But I understand that you sort of have to be there for the whole day, 10.30 to 5.30. Tickets are available now on Eventbrite. So we will put the link uh, as long as we get our tickets first, actually. Do that before we share the link. Absolutely. Okay? Yeah. Totally. Yes. <laughs> so if, if you're interested in being in the audience for a, a TEDx talk and, and just seeing how it all, because I like to watch how it all How it all works. Yes. As well. Yeah. So, and I know that there's very strict branding and strict rules so that they all have the same sort of feel as a TEDx across the other side of the world. So, very interesting. It's not exactly online. We're going to be there in person, but yeah, you look get away with that one, Heather. I think so. But also, we will, of course, report back. And if there are any speakers that we feel you would find useful to watch well okay there's going to be a ted talk from them isn't there and quite excitingly we could also feature them in at the last part of the show with our guru section or business leaders section so now we come to the review section of the show this is where we talk about various things and we're, we're sticking with the sort of virtual theme this week but I wanted to just check in with you, Tracy, because... Yeah, you're checking up after my own work. Yes, yeah. seeing how you're getting along. Because a couple of weeks ago, we covered podcasts, didn't we? And we were looking at business podcasts. Yes, we, we did. And yeah. we both undertook to start listening to a couple of podcasts. Yes, did, I just wondered we? how things were going. Yeah. Well, to be honest, that weekend, I set myself up listening to a podcast and I've discovered a slight problem with it in that <laughs> I, I listened to maybe three or four of the um, the podcasts that we said I was going to listen to. So the world business and I, I, I went on to um, a couple of that. So I think I maybe listened to three or four of the BBC, the world of business. But I don't know what I did. I just don't remember anything that I listened to. 
and I clearly went into my other space with ironing or was thinking of stuff and it just didn't go in it didn't ing I was interested at the time I seem to remember but yeah it sort of went in one ear and out, and out the, the other. other so I'm I'm wondering if podcasts is the way for me I I didn't listen to any of them driving now often when I'm driving I like to listen to a, a radio play or a documentary on Radio 4 so maybe I should try a podcast while I'm driving but it, it didn't work while I was ironing I'm afraid. Well I have to share a similar story I, I did disclose that I don't like to listen to the spoken word when I'm driving because it sends me to sleep uh, but that certainly wasn't true of the first podcast that I started to listen to which was the fizzle show because I thought well hey with something called the fizzle show it's going to be it's going to be really upbeat and interesting and catchy and everything oh my goodness I'm okay. sorry guys if you're listening uh, all the way from America but it was basically just people it, they were they weren't getting to the subject. They were just talking nonsense. And it's like, can you just tell me what it is you're talking about in this show and then crack on and talk about it? So I was getting very impatient. So I didn't fall asleep because I was getting a bit agitated. Oh, so no. probably not good behind the steering wheel. Um, but I had a similar thought that, you know, actually maybe visual is better for me than just listening to the spoken word. But I'm going to persevere with some of the better ones. Okay, so... You need to do your homework. I, um, yeah, I, I'm going to explore it again. I'm, I'm just, I was a little bit disappointed in myself. I okay. have to admit. Okay. So let's move on. Yes, yeah, let's cross over that. Yep. So the other thing I, I thought might be interesting to talk about is our experiences of virtual or online meetings. So the theme of today has been a bit social media, online, and, and webinars, and and actually our experiences of either doing meetings online or or running webinars or attending webinars. Uh, I've done all of those things uh, to varying degrees of success. Uh, most recently, I was um, involved in a go-to meeting um, with a software company. So they they invited me to go to meeting so they could demonstrate the software to me. And we had a telephone conversation, essentially, uh, over the internet. But I was looking at the lady's desktop so that I could she shared her screen with me um, even though one of my issues at work working at home is that my internet often drops out even though BT uh, it uh, I do pay for the most expensive it is very unreliable but it did last for the whole of the meeting there, there were no problems and it was a very effective way for us to do something that years ago would have taken a whole afternoon or if, you know and the lady um, was based somewhere else in the UK mm -hmm. so it, that was a very good experience now in one of the places that I work Skype is the the go-to method for um, sort of smaller meetings and also in using instead of the telephone so it's a global company but everybody who's got their own PC has also got a Skype account. It's Skype for business. So you can either chat with somebody or you can ring them or you can video call them as well. Generally, what tends to happen is people just make the, the call. So it's like using a, a telephone service, but you, you can do the video as well. So that I found very useful and also Google Hangouts. So if you're wanting to um, have that video interaction with somebody, maybe a meeting with maybe three or four people, not, no, no many more, not many more than that. But I, I found that quite useful as well. 
So your experience, Heather, have you, you experienced, have you run any webinars? I've never run a webinar. Uh, I use Skype for coaching uh, and I because you can then have that you can have the video element so doing one-to-one coaching with people it means that I can actually work with people all over well anywhere really rather than just where I can physically get to uh and and the the other thing that I use is I use um VoIP so I have uh, a VoIP phone number so that people dial I run my business because it's just me I run my business through my mobile phone effectively but it's useful to have a landline number because people don't necessarily want to deal with somebody who they feel could just disappear on a mobile phone so I have an 01691 number for for Oswestry um, and I'm looking at getting a, an 0345 number which is sort of you know low call uh, and that means that people can phone me uh, and know that I'm attached to a landline number but I don't physically have to rent a line so that that's really useful because if I wanted to if I wanted to tap in break into um, Manchester then I could get a Manchester uh, dialing code number so that I think it's virtual it's a really good resource and the other thing that I use quite a lot because of living rurally and sometimes mobile phone signals aren't that great I use wi-fi calling on my mobile phone so again I'm not using the phone uh, the 3G or 4G, I'm using the Wi-Fi to make sure that my phone call doesn't drop out. So th- it's the other way around with me. I find that my uh, broadband connection is sometimes so bad that I have to use the 4G on my phone right, to burst okay. the hotspot. Hot so, yes, it's yeah. weird, isn't it? Courses for courses, yes. isn't it? Yeah. So in, in terms of hosting webinars, I, I've I've done it. Um, I've, I've done it for clients. I, I've hosted webinars for them and, and set up the technical side for it. And and I can only talk about the ones that have actually, um, the software that I've used. There are plenty others available, but I've used GoToWebinar, which is a part of the GoToMeeting group, and Cisco WebEx. And, and my feedback on that is that most of the webinar software seem to have a free version. It, it and it works perfectly well apart from you get what you pay for so if you upgrade to the the paid versions you can have the service with i think maybe the broadband sorry the the bandwidth that they give you on the free version maybe isn't as good uh, particularly with cisco webex i used to find that the connection was uh, a little bit dodgy sometimes even not not my broadband connection but the actual one through the server and also sometimes with the free versions you have to have adverts showing on the screen mm. as well which uh, it's okay if everybody knows you're using the free version and they're okay with that but if, if you've got a brand image that you want to uphold then uh, you know having somebody else's adverts popping up at the side probably isn't the best idea but as you say say earlier on in the show there's going to be lots of webinars about how to run webinars mm. so I think it's worth checking those out one of the things I'd really like to find that um, the companies that I work with feel more comfortable with is perhaps running um, larger meetings using this type of technology. And at the moment, I go to a number of board meetings around the area and maybe traveling an hour each way to get there. It would be really nice to sort of sit at home on my computer if my broadband was working yes, properly yeah. and, and connect there. But I can't blame the companies that I work for for not being culturally ready for that because I'm not sure I am either. But that that's something that is on my wish list to actually get more comfortable with. I know a lot of people, a lot of companies do it automatically. But I think it would be really interesting if there's any listeners out there that have got experiences of running meetings where 
at, at, you know, a couple, at least uh, one or two people are in, in virtual, you know, they're sat there perhaps on the iPad in their pyjamas <laughs> at the meeting. Yeah, pyjama bottoms, but yeah. suit and t- tie on the top of Yeah, make sure you don't yeah. stand up during yeah. the meeting. Yeah. I think that sounds absolutely fine. So uh, it would be great if you, you could leave us any comments. You can find us on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash the business community on Callan FM. And you can also find us on our website, which is thebusiness.community. Elon Musk is a name that I had never heard until recently, I'm afraid, I'm ashamed to say. Uh, He is our guru, our our business um, celebrity, leader, (laughs) innovator, forward thinker for this week. And the first time I heard his name was when my husband shoved an iPad under my nose and showed me a picture of a, a sports car floating around in space. And I said, is that real? And he said, yes, that is a Tesla in space. And that may be the first time that Elon Musk came to... um, And did he say, can I have a Tesla, Heather, after that? (laughs) Oh, he said, can I have a Tesla a million times. But I was like, why on earth would somebody spend all of the money to send a Tesla to space? And then, of course, when I found out who it was that had done it, it all started to make sense. Elon Musk was born in 1971. uh, He's in the same school year as me. Is he? Mm. Is he? Yes, indeed. He didn't get to I the same school. I think he's left school now. Yeah. I think he's left school. Uh, <laughs> he is, as of February this year, uh, he's, he has a net worth of $21 billion and is listed by Forbes as the 53rd richest person in the world. He um, was on the world's most powerful list um, that Forbes compiled in 2016. And, you know, most famously, there is this whole Tesla thing. He loves science innovation he's yeah he's been ahead of his game let's say uh for a very long time uh he's the founder ceo and lead designer of spacex uh and yeah he just he just goes and does stuff he seems to be that he says yes and then figures out how he's going to do it but he's got obviously a great team around him um there was an article in the guardian uh on last monday the, the 16th uh, about him and he's talking about the, the fact that the demand for the tesla which is made by machine um has been um missed they're struggling to keep up with production because they're using machines he says that he admits that they're using excessive automation to build uh, these these amazing cars. Uh, and he's actually thinking that there should be a reversal to, you know, good old manpower, good old manpower, which I thought was um, was was quite, quite interesting, really. He says, yes, excessive automation at Tesla was a mistake. Uh, to be precise, my mistake. Humans are underrated which I thought mm. if you research him and find out more about the way that he thinks, that's quite an admission, quite an admission. What did you find out about him, Tracy? Well, I first heard of Elon Musk, um, courtesy of the Big Bang Theory, which is oh. a popular programme in my household. And he, he had a little cameo role in that uh, a few years ago uh, where he was uh, actually volunteering in a soup kitchen with one of the other lead members. Um, And he's also more recently appeared in a spin-off from The Big Bang Theory in Young Sheldon, 
I don't know if you've seen that, but again, it's a popular one in our household. So he he's sort of been there, lingering on in the background. I sort of knew who he was, but hadn't paid a lot of attention to him. So when we picked him out as, as one to talk about today, I was looking around for something a little bit different about him, you know, some information about him. And I found a lovely series of articles. Uh, a big shout out to this gentleman called Tim Urban. His website is called Wait But Why. And uh, the first article I found is called Elon Musk, the world's raddest man. I feel too old to know what raddest means. But it's a four part series about Elon Musk's companies. And it's just it's written with humour. But it, it, it's very informative. It's very, very readable. I've only read the first part because I, I was prepping for the show. But I, I do feel like I could read the whole series and be entertained, whether I was interested in, in Elon Musk or not. So I think that's a sign of a good writer. Um, and he, he's actually interviewed Elon Musk. He's had access um, to his companies and uh, he was uh, invited to do that, to spread the word about the companies. Uh, and so he points out that Elon Musk is involved in all of the following industries, automotive, aerospace, solar energy, energy storage, satellite, high speed ground transportation and multi-planetary expansion. There's a bit of a theme going mm, on there. Yeah. Mm. Um, but he, he, he brings up some really interesting questions, such as um, people have referred to the reason why he's successful has been having like having some sort of secret source and and tim tim says it, i don't think he's, it is a secret source it's nothing special it's just the way that he thinks the way that he reasons through problems and the way that he views the world and then he he went on to ask a few people what it's like to work with elon musk and we got two different points of view here One's from a, a long-time SpaceX employee who no longer works there. And um, she describes Elon Musk emerging from Mission Command to address the company, delivering a rousing speech. And she refers to his infinite wisdom and says, I think most of us would have followed him into the gates of hell carrying suntan oil after that speech. It was the most impressive display of leadership that I've ever witnessed. So that's a nice one. Um, and to offer the other side of the, the coin, is uh, you can always tell when someone's left an Elon meeting, they're defeated. Nothing will ever do, uh, nothing you ever do will be good enough. So you have to find your own value, not depending on praise to get you through your obviously insufficient 80 hour work weeks. <laughs> so interesting two different points of view but I, I would really recommend that we'll put the link for that art, that series of articles on uh, Wait But Why on our website it's really really good and uh, I also found his CV online and it was an example of how brilliant a one page CV can be and the first part of me was like well if you're Elon Musk you only have to write one page because really people aren't going to criticise your CV. I am Elon Musk, probably yeah, does it. Yeah. Uh, it is beautifully laid out. It's very nice. Uh, one of the things that I was particularly intrigued by was, you know, how they have these um, these sliding scales with different competencies. And so you say, you know, whether you, you know, how good you are at different competencies. And you'd think that, I, I sort of don't get it. it. It seems like something where you should just put 100% for most things. But he puts down one of his ones that's a bit lacking is uh, micromanaging. So he, he puts that down as a key skill. 
So on the one hand, he's not 100% micromanager, but he is a micromanager. Is that a skill? Is that not a skill? Mm-hmm. So his way of looking at mm-hmm. it is, is quite different. Um, and the things that don't get 100% are creativity, leadership, verbal and written communication. 100% for time management, though. So, um, And he puts his interests, his achievements, his certificates. All I can think is that if I tried to do that, I couldn't get the font small enough. <laughs> <laughs> I I obviously need to change the way that I think. (laughs) And and, and one other thing that I picked up on, there's a whole list of companies that he's got, but there's one really stood out for me, and it's a relatively recent company, and it's called The Boring Company. And and I think that's why it stood out for me. What do you mean, The Boring Company? And this is a company established in December 2016, and apparently he was stuck in traffic, and decided he was going to build a tunnel boring machine and just start digging. He was stuck in traffic. He was going to dig his way out of the right, traffic. Okay. And so he started a company to make tunnels. The Boring Company. I like it's a great one. name, isn't it? It's good, isn't it? Uh, he was also um, involved in a lot of other companies as well, which if you if you just do a slight bit of Google on, on um, Elon Musk, you'll, you'll find them all popping up. Anything else from you, Heather? Well, I have a couple of quotes that I think are quite interesting. The one, I think it is possible for ordinary people to choose to be extraordinary, which I think is, you know, we should all have that stuck on our fridge. But, But I love this one. If you go back a few hundred years, what we take for granted today would seem like magic. Being able to talk to people over long distances, to transmit images, flying, accessing vast amounts of data like an oracle... These are all things that would have been considered magic a few hundred years ago. And that feeds into this this overriding thought that just keeps coming into my mind as I see young people studying and, and learning and choosing career paths today. There are jobs that don't yet exist that will be the jobs of, of tomorrow. And, and, you know, I think about some of the things that we've talked about today. You know, it's magic. It is magic. You know, once upon a time, you had to send somebody on a long walk to get a message to somebody (laughs) or get on a ship and take forever to get there. So I thought they were really good quotes. Did you have any quotes? Yeah, I'll I'll finish the show with with my quote, which I I think leads on nicely from what you were saying. People should pursue what they're passionate about. That will make them happier than pretty much anything else. Brilliant. Brilliant. So on that note, it's time to end the show. I'm very happy presenting the show. I hope everybody's happy listening to the show (laughs) and that you will tune in again next week for the business community on Callan FM. You've been listening to the business community with me, Tracy Jones. And me, Heather Noble. Join us again next week for more news, views and reviews from the world of business.